freaking auto! This, this is Brock and Saul. Brock Heward and Mark, Matt, Marcus. Sorry about just Mike. Getting- Mike. Presented by Carter, Volkswagen, and Ballard. On Seattle Sports. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Where's like the buff dudes at? Now here are your hosts, Brock Heward and Mike Saul. Man, La Nina's been good. Holy smokes. Best June in, into July, right? It's July 4th and, you know, the old oh. saying in the Pacific Northwest, summer doesn't start till July 5th. Summer started to June 4th. It has just been gorgeous, and I'm looking at the old forecast for the for the weekends with the HBCU Swingman event. Griffey and Harold going to be in the house. 79 and sunny, 79 and sunny, 79 and sunny for the home run derby. Might see a little thunderstorm possibly on Tuesday, but it's nothing but sunshine and beauty. And I got to say, Matt, I'm sorry. I got to apologize. Yeah. You. That shot I took you last hour, totally uncalled for. I so, appreciate you saying something. Yep. Yep, I that was it's a pet peeve of mine. I apologize. That's when all I, right. When I hear people in the business say, "Oh, I hired this guy and I hired that guy and I made this guy and I hired that guy," it's just I don't like it. Well, what like hurts it. so much is you know that's not me. I know. And I text Mora. I didn't want to say it in front of Justin, so I text Mora and I said, "This is my last show." <laughs> I I got up at four thirty this morning and I accidentally said so something sold. about a, a lovely man named uh-huh. Gary Hill, yep. and you said that, and I'm thinking that's the shot Fine. he's taken. Fine. That's You're what he. Sold. And then I say, "Damn!" And then you make me feel even more uncomfortable. <laughs> right. I didn't right. want to come here to be made. To feel uncomfortable, that's the right. last thing I want to do. So I'll just take my cold toast and some sausages and pack up here at 947, leave a little early, and I appreciate the opportunity for tomorrow and Friday. I'll pass. Okay. I'll so pass. you're sold. You're, this is it. So we'll just bring yeah, someone yeah. right off the street corner because uh, Stretchy's out. Well, we just oh, that's up to you guys. That's none of my business. Let's Whatever let's you want to do. Somebody. Yeah. Stretch, who else do you want to hire? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. So that's called funny, Brock. That Good. there, that's funny. Well, Justin and, is anyways, funny. Yes, yeah. he is funny. Okay. But, yeah. Well, so uh, I won't do that again, I, and I'll Thank say, you. gosh darn, moving forward. Appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Monday, we did love it or leave it. Uh, today, Great 8 segment. o'clock, we do buy or sell. This is a Mora special. She comes in with the haymakers. Love she the sent them on the show note last night. I know you printed out the show note. You're ready to go. So you should. He's ready. <laughs> Here we go. Oh, the cat boy. ate the copier cord. <laughs> buy or sell. Yeah. All right. Buy or sell, the Mariners should bring back Nelson. Bye. Isn't that what I do right away? Bye. Just bye. Bye. Brock, we talked about it in the 6 o'clock hour. The the guys, uh, Jerry DePoto, his group, they know if Nelson Cruz's bat has slowed down. They know it before us. They knew it two weeks ago. They've done the homework on every player that could be DFA'd in in MLB weeks ago. If that's not the case and he still has bat speed, bring him on. You tell me the downside of bringing on Nelson Cruz, not only as a mentor, maybe another guy people, young guys can lean on, but a bat in the middle of that lineup, come on. Yeah, I I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy as well for Sold. many of those. Sa- Whoa, nice. Many of those same points that you just said, and and I'm I'm gonna think maybe that four million dollars in savings that you made on the flexing and got move that you kind of had an idea that there's gonna be some teams. It could be DFA and players. He is familiar. If they don't make this move stretch, it's because of what you just said. It's because his bat is just done. Mm-hmm. And they said, you know what? Like A.J. Pollock, and, and bless his heart, with a hit and a home run yesterday, which was great to see. But those numbers, when they flash him up there, are staggeringly low. Oh, So th- there's room between him and, and Wong and 
and maybe Dylan Moore, you, you, you send down and, and you get his legs right because he's still not right in the battery. I mean, there's plenty of options if you want to make room for a Nelson Cruz, but this will all be about their next level analytics. We'll ask Jeff Passon about it. He tends to, to know those things as well. Pretty, pretty well versed. We'll ask him in 25 minutes, but the premise of it, I like. And you're not asking him to do too much, are you? I mean, you're asking him to just be a bit player, a part player. and Hit and, lefties. And, Hit lefties. And, do what A.J. Pollock was supposed to do. Yeah. That's all you're going to ask him next. All right, next up. We've been talking a lot about him already this morning, but by yourself, Jackson Smith and Jigbo wins Rookie of the Year. little early for me for these things. This, this just screams, you know, the building's empty. Let's speculate. But yeah, whoa, why not? Whoa, 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 whoa. Why not? Buy or sell. Okay, we don't oh. need any shots like that. Buy or sell. Buy the idea or sell the idea? Uh-huh. How do you buy or sell? <laughs> we got to have a talk. <laughs> and remember, you're on camera also. Sold. So- okay. Sold. <laughs> in the back road. <laughs> Sold. Yeah, I mean. Stretchy's sure. selling it. He doesn't like the idea. This brings no, back horrible memories for Stretchy. Because he was listening to radio because of his previous job he had to, and he hated July. Oh, listen to the speculation. Oh, do they got nothing better to talk about? Oh, you know I- what? You want to know a secret? <laughs> we didn't listen in July because there was no the players as long as they kept their nose. Everything, if there was no news, we didn't have to listen. I'm going to sell rookie of the year. I think that's a little bit steep because of the other mouse to feed, because of the two running backs, because of the three tight ends, because of the two receivers. Rookies of the year go by numbers. It's why Garrett Wilson last year got rookie of the year, a thousand yard receiving season, blah, blah, blah. And he was in New York. I think that's going to be a little, a little rich, a little high bar, especially in this rookie class. Thank as well. you. Yeah. So Is there a I'm rookie selling. running back that's going to run for 900? He'll get it. I mean, just bring a name up. Any of those names. Sorry. This Charbonnet. Was- Charbonnet. All right, buy or sell. The M's are doing so well because Salk's gone. Yes. Yes. And I was just actually, Kyle Brown just texted me, can you work next week? So I don't know how long Mike's gone, but they've asked Mike to stay away, pay him. Wait, did Kyle text you to work next week after you texted me that you this was your last show? There's been a lot of texting going on. Yes. There's been a lot of texting going on. So I had to, I haven't texted you back, Maura, to say I'm back in. Okay. And I'm going to work five more days. Uh, but uh, Mike is getting a paid vacation next week. So, yes. So, I'm going I'm to read a tweet here that was tweeted out 15 hours ago. It's got some 674 likes, including yours truly. Uh, so, the Mariners have won four straight against good teams. Julio and Kirby have been added to the All-Star game. Rangers are 11 and 15 in their last 26. Yep, I must be on vacation this week. Yes, you must. That, that's That's what happens. You know, he's puts pressure on people, right? And, and the Mariners feel the weight of the Mike Salk pressure. It's not only pressure. It's a it's a level of uncomfortable. He just makes people uncomfortable. And, 360 and, says last Super Bowl when Mike was in Boston. Yeah, yeah uh-huh. It is what it is. I mean, just stop right there. Next question, Bora. <laughs> Uh, all right, but well, I am available was... next week. I am okay. available next Great. week. This was kind of a discussion in the email chat last night, and it's tough, especially coming off of a complete game shutout. But would you buy or sell giving up Logan Gilbert and a top prospect for a bat at the deadline? So, Brock, you said on Monday, mm-hmm. very. it was very flip of you. And I wanted I'd to say I, astute. 
I'd say astute. You call it flip. One man's flip is one man's astute. It was actually the opposite of astute because you you were like, yeah, and I would trade for a bat, da da da. And I thought that is such a talk about layers. The All question right, at that point a- was, what will if the Mariners Ooh, go on a streak you. in the second half? Mm-hmm. What will be the factors behind it? And I said Julio getting back to being the player of the month as he was time and time and time and time again, and adding a difference making bat comparable to Luis Castillo's difference-making arm. The only way you're going to get a difference-making, young, controllable bat is to give up a young, controllable stud. So do you give up Logan Gilbert and one of your other prospects if there is that young, controllable, difference-making bat? Logan Gilbert, no. You get maybe an an established starter that we have? No. No. No, a guy in double A that's got a ceiling that that when, you know, Mariner fans from years past that know the names Ryan Anderson, Gilmesh, Joel Pinheiro, that Woody Woodward wouldn't give up and you're dying for Juan Gonzalez in the middle of the lineup. Many Mariner fans remember that Juan Gonzalez would have hit 170 bombs a year at the Kingdom and they wouldn't make the trade. So a, na- a name like you know that, what, not uh, Bill, anybody on the Major League staff. You know what Bill Belichick would do? <laughs> trade anybody. Do you know what the Tampa Bay, Bay, Tampa Bay Rays would do? Trade I mean, anybody. Those, those are the moves that they would make to sustain some of that success. I love Walter. I'm not in the I'm not in the business of trading Walter. And as you said, Maura, especially not after a nine inning, put the trident in the ground, be the difference maker for the team, shutout win yesterday. But those are the conversations you have to have because that is what, if you want a bat and you want a bat that's a difference-making bat, those are the kind of guys that are, are going to be asked for. You know, not just Emerson Hancock, great pitcher of the month down in Arkansas, not Wu, not Bryce Miller. Give me somebody with a couple years. Starting pitching, defense, and timely hitting wins baseball at the major league level. You give up Logan Gilbert right now. You give up Logan Gilbert. You tell me who's making up the making up that spot. Oh gosh! I mean, I think so close to being such a great spot, right there. You one more time, give it to me again. You were so close to making one of those just defining, declarative. I'm a genius. Go ahead, let me hear it. What what am I supposed to do? I'm supposed to repeat. Justin's got it on tape. He'll he'll put it down for you. Oh, what what, the defense up the middle? You like that part? I like all of it. Come on. I mean, if you're giving up, we're talking about Wu, and we're talking about Miller, and we're talking about these young guys who haven't had been established major league pitchers, and you're going to give up one of your studs. You're going to give up one of your studs. You're going to give up. Mm. You know, you're going to give it. You're not. What what are you thinking? Gosh, I love you. Way to go. Way to bring it this morning. This is the Brock and Salk Show on your only home, ladies and gentlemen, for All-Star Week right here, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. Need to know. 15 minutes past every hour with Brock and Salk. Here's what you need to know. Up first. Well, what you need to know is what you already know, and that is the Mariners have done something they've not done all year, back-to-back series wins against winning teams. First, it was the Rays Saturday and Sunday. A pretty epic comeback on that Sunday. And then it was heading down to the Bay Area and facing the Giants team that, as Stretch has said to you a few different times, were red hot coming into this. They've beaten the Dodgers 10 games over 500. And you've taken their lunch both days. You've controlled these games. You have hit up and down the lineup. Mike Ford was the hitting star. But there was no question about who was the team star yesterday. It was Logan Gilbert. Right when this team needed him the most, he stepped up and delivered. And he got to do the trident and, and the happy dance. How did that how did that work out for you, Logan? Um, I forgot about the trident, but that was pretty cool. I always wanted to do the dance, but kind of embarrassed myself out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Some of us know to stay off the dance floor. 
I mean, they, some of us know. But <laughs> what a performance. He is such a good dude. He'd be your favorite. If you were down in Arizona with us and you got to sit at the table and meet all the guys and hang out with them and interview them, Justin Amora, would you agree just knowing Stretchy as we've gotten to know him this week? Yeah, he's the quirkiest, and I think you would respond to that. Today. Yeah, and, and I, I I don't know how to say, but he looks like the guy I would hang out with. Yes. He looks like the, you know, we'll just sit back here and kind of poke fun at a few people, and we'll just kind of take it all in and, and do some people watching. But what a performance, you know, a complete game. Rick said it in the, in the final call. Not only a complete game, which was his first, but a complete game shutout, obviously, his first. Just such a overpowering. That's another thing. He just overpowered the Giants. He does. He has just a, the similarity and the trait between you and him is you'll laugh at yourself too. And he will laugh at himself and he knows he's goofy and he knows he's all these things. But yet when it's time to be Walter and that's the alter ego that his buddy Cal gave him last year as a roommate, when Walter needs to come out and Walter needs to come to play, Walter can deliver. And man, did he ever when this team needed it the most. They go for the sweep today. Tommy Malone up from AAA Tacoma. He's going to pitch in Bryce Miller's stead. Give that blister extra time to heal. And wouldn't it be something if little Tommy Malone can find a way mm. to get this team to a five-game winning streak, which would be a season high tonight? Here's the second thing you need to know. Well, the second thing you needed to know happened about 46 hours ago, our first chance to respond to it, and that was a trade. That was Trader Jerry and Trader Justin Hollander, the new GM in that seat this year, making a trade and moving on from Chris Flexen and Trevor Gott. Got to have been a pretty good, reliable reliever. Been in some pressurized situations for them. Probably, you know, with Munoz back, maybe their third highest leverage reliever, right right around there. Um, but they were able to package him, move on from Flexen, and save some $4 million bucks. In return comes a lefty from the Mets, Zach Muckenhern, who had just been DFA'd by them. We'll see where he ends up, if he plays a role, if he's a bullpen guy at all. But some money savings that hopefully will be spent on some acquisitions in the weeks ahead. Well, yeah, you really traded God for four-plus million dollars. That's what you did. Yep. That, that's what you did. You, you loosened up your, I hate to say cap, but you loosened the purse strings a bit by four and a half, four, four and a half million dollars. And, and let's see if that's going to go to, I hate to say, right to a Nelson Cruz or what have you. But it gives you flexibility. Yep. Excellent trade. You weren't getting anything for flexing, and you, you dumped some dollars. Here's the third thing you need to know. And the third and final thing, the first time we have ever done Mariners, 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 and need to know, but they are everything you need to know, is it's not going to just be Luis Castillo by himself. He's going to get a couple buddies to hang out with him. Julio was already going to perform in the Home Run Derby, but here was Scott's service in the clubhouse yesterday with a few Miller Lights, letting the team in the clubhouse know who else was joining Luis. We have a couple more all Where's George? Oh, yeah, now we start celebrating. Oh, that means George. I mean, the team, that delay right there. Uh, Julio, you're in. Yep. That's you. You're in. No, it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. Now you got, you know, George Kirby isn't known by many National League folks and, and heck, American League folks for for that matter. But 
Um, but you got Julio and Castillo. You're represented, and again, it just adds adds a little bit more to uh, the amazing festivities festivities that'll happen down the street. And that is everything you need to know on this Wednesday, July fifth. Pretty cool in locker room or clubhouse scene as well. And you know, we've said this a few different times. That does not sound like a forty-two and forty-two locker room clubhouse. Gosh darn it, clubhouse. That does not feel like a five hundred baseball team. Right? If, if they had to do that celebration on Friday <laughs> or even Saturday, a day after, I think the season low point at four games under 500 and losing badly to the Rays, it wouldn't, I think, have felt and sounded that way. But that's a testament and some real credit to Scott, to the veterans on this team, to, to the guys that constantly have said, hey, you on the outside and all that noise, we get it. And we hear those boos and we're deserving of those boos. But internally, I think they really still do believe, Stretch, they've got enough in that clubhouse to make a run into these playoffs as they did a year ago. To me, it's a team that turned the corner. That was a turn-the-corner clubhouse. They've, they've, they've reached something that they know they had in them, and, and they did it. And, and what the future holds for them, mm-hmm. we don't know, but they seem like they have an answer. They have the answers in the back of their mind now, and that just seemed, again, 42 and 42, that didn't seem – like that kind of club that seemed like they had, they found some things yeah. and they have some answers well, and they know it internally. And they got five big ones now. Okay. You, you look for the sweep tonight. You're going to have to do it with Tommy Malone and, and uh, you know, more of those bullpen pieces against a, a team in San Francisco that, you know, does not want to be swept in their own home building. And then you go down to, to Houston and uh, we know how troubling that place has been. So five more big ones before the all-star game and all that it brings, including our next guest who's going to come to town. Jeff Passon will be in Seattle, as will all of baseball. What has he seen in these last four games? What does he think about Nelson Cruz? That and so much more. It's the Brock and Salk Show with Stretchy sitting in on the exclusive home for All-Star Week, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. This this is Brock and Salk. Powered through the Alaska Airlines Studio. Back in mornings from 6 to 10. On Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app. He is Matt Stretch Johnson in for Salt this week. It's been mentioned numerous times. Salt goes on vacation, and teams in this market seem to find themselves a little bit. I mean, I, I don't know if it's the pressure, the expectation, what it is, but, yeah, teams find kind of their footing. It's everything, Brock. It's all of it. It's a big umbrella. Uh-huh. It's the no-pressure umbrella. They feel it, and they perform. And I'm sure Jeff Passon would agree with that, right? Jeff probably doesn't know that Salk's on vacation this week, but kind of once you hear that news, doesn't it make sense, Passon, that the Mariners put together their best four games they have all year? I mean, it's not a surprise. The show gets better. The teams get better. Everything gets better. Can we handle some business right off the top, by the way? Can we just do this publicly? You had mentioned you mentioned last week a chance that maybe you could be in studio with us on Tuesday because a great Jeff Passon and all of baseball is coming to our beautiful market. I'm going to be in studio Tuesday. Salk's going to be in studio Tuesday. Maybe. It's, it's game day. Well, maybe. You're right. Uh, it's game day Tuesday. Do you really think you can make it into our lovely studios to do it in person next week? Well, let me ask you a question first. Uh-huh. What, can you can you give me the address of the studio? Like, can we do that on air? I know I can probably yeah. find it on the internet. Yeah, yeah. Are you to. staying? Well, where are you staying? Are you staying downtown? I'm staying downtown. So I'm on I'm on Google Maps right now. And as mm-hmm. you say this, I'm going to enter it in, and that is going to provide the answer to this question. Okay, it's on East. Yeah, I'll just put on East Lake Avenue. Right. It's just it's probably from downtown in the morning. 
I mean, we'll get a driver for you, right? We'll we'll, we'll find some some service and make sure you. Uh, I'll come pick him up. Yeah, we had Kenny Maine at one point. True story. We had to take a boat or meet him. He took his boat over, and so we had to meet him at uh, on Lake Union and then bring him up to the studio. So we can make that. I bet you're ten to twelve minutes from downtown, maybe max. So it's a pretty easy little jaunt. I mean, if that is the case, uh, then yes, I will You're be in the studio. I will, okay. I will, I will make it happen. I will make it work. Oh, it's a, wait. it's a not. It looks like it's a nine-minute car yep. ride from my hotel. So, Boom. yep, done. Would you really send? Would you really send a car for me? Ah, sure, absolutely. It would probably be. We got this guy named Uber. He's a really, he's a really nice guy. But yes, <laughs> Mr. Uber, <laughs> Mr. Uber would be there for you. Hey, uh, Jeff, how are these Mariners doing it, man? Back-to-back series wins against winning teams. Haven't done it all year. Beat a good Rays team over the weekend. They're doing it in different ways. They go down to the Bay Area collectively. They're doing things offensively. They've not done. Have you seen anything next level in your metrics and your numbers that you like to dig into that? that are different than so much of the turbulence we've seen experienced through the first 78 games? No, I think you just hit on it there. They're, they're hitting like the offense is actually showing up. Um, Julio Rodriguez is hitting. Gina Suarez is hitting. JP Crawford is hitting. And Mike Ford is hitting <laughs> that. Like that's the one that I got to be honest, I did not expect. And you're going to have that over the course of any baseball season where a guy shows up and he has a great week or in Ford's case, he's kind of had a great month. Like he's been the Mariners best offensive player over the last month. Right. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you just say that out loud. It's so perplexing. Right. I I mean, but that's baseball. it, It is because this is like, this is a guy we're talking about who played on four big league teams last year. It wasn't just with the Mariners. It was with the Braves and the Angels and the Giants too. And if that many teams are taking a chance on you and eventually saying peace out, thanks, thanks for nothing, then, you know, generally speaking, guys who play on four teams in one year are not desired commodities. And it's because they don't perform. And Mike Ford, uh, he did not perform last year. So to see him doing what he's doing now, um, it's been a godsend for the Mariners and they're back to 500. And uh, while they still have a lot of work to do to get into playoff contention, we're at least starting to see uh, that semblance of team we believed was going to be there at the beginning of the season. And it's been a great thing to see. And Jeff, a guy that did perform yesterday was Logan Gilbert. And it was unbelievable, you know, complete game shutout. You don't see those happen very often in the, in the league, but uh, that, that were obviously we have it under a microscope. That clubhouse didn't seem like they were celebrating a normal game. They're 42 and 42 and, and it just felt like they've turned the corner or they found some answers or maybe getting on the road was the right tonic for them to relax. How do you explain just getting out on the road? Not, not just the four game winning streak, because as you just said, so much more has to happen, but a team that's just 500, that looks like they might be hitting their stride. I'm not going to go that far yet because I, I I have issues taking four games out of 84 and suggesting that one is more representative than the other. Um, the, the Mariners are also four games over 500 at home this year, four games under on the road. So I don't know that they needed to, to get away necessarily to start winning, but 
it's very simple. They're hitting, like I said, Mm -hmm. and uh, among Logan Gilbert, Luis Castillo, uh, George Kirby, and Brian Wu, they've had four consecutive starts with six or more innings pitched. And when you have a bullpen like the Mariners do that has some high-end guys at the back end, if you can get through six innings with your starting pitching, that's an awfully good formula to win ball games. But but it comes it comes back to the runs, doesn't it? Like when uh, we yes. when we look at the past the past four games for the Mariners, um, they've scored like twenty seven runs, I think. That's exactly yeah, right. My math is right. Twenty mm-hmm. twenty seven runs. Uh, if the Mariners score twenty seven runs over a four game period, they're going to win at least three of those games. Like that's just the you know that 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 speaks to the pitching that they have and also speaks to the necessity of offense that they need. Well, let me play you this cut, because this, I think, speaks to what Stretchy was just asking you about, and Stretchy's Matt Johnson's nickname, by the way. Uh, and it is a clubhouse at 42 and 42. This is Scott Service after the game yesterday, letting the clubhouse know that George and Julio ended up making the All-Star game. And, uh, you know, this is, I think, somewhat of um, representative of some of the just noise and belief and joy that this team has that doesn't sound like a 42 and 42 team here, Scott. I just find out we have a couple more all-stars. Oh, yeah! yeah! Where's George? George! George, we Julio, you're in. And as good as the sound is, Jeffrey, the the visual of them holding maybe awesome. a, couple, a couple cold ones in their hands, I mean, to me, that, that that I don't know, it was. It was cool to see a team that has struggled. The road has been bumpy. Expectations haven't been met. Friday night, uh, Jeff, was as loud a cascade of boos as we have heard for this team in a long, long time, and yet they've uh-huh. continued to persevere, and that feels and sounds like a clubhouse that genuinely still believes and enjoys one another. Yeah, and that's what they need. You know, when you're going through the sorts of struggles that they have, you can't start turning your back. You can't start prioritizing the individual over the team. And the fact that the Mariners players uh, are are celebrating the way that they are, they they should be because it's been a rough year. And when when your peers, when your teammates, when your brothers get honored like that, uh, you can't help but be happy for them. And the fact that the Mariners have three all-stars, and I believe they're all 25 and under, um, it, it's why as depressing at times as this year has been for Mariners fans, don't lose sight of the fact that the future for this team remains bright. And that when you have an array of young talent like they do and, and a pitching staff like they do, they're going to be fine in the, in the long term. They are going to, uh, you know, as long as John Stanton is on board with this, they're going to address the weaknesses that they have, and they're going to be in the Shohei Otani Derby, and uh, they are they are going to be a good team going forward. I have not lost my faith in that, despite the difficult start that they've had. Okay, then let's talk a little business here uh, in in kind of three different uh, tiers of that, the first of which already done. They move on from Flexen. They package got with Flexen to free up, I don't know, about $4 million bucks in salary to the Mets. What do you read into that deal? Uh, to me, it was a great deal. 
Chris, if you're if you're DFAing Chris Flexen, that means you are willing to eat the money and to give up a guy like Trevor Gott, who essentially is a journeyman relief pitcher. And I know he's been good at times this year, but uh, as long as you turn around and take that four million dollars that you saved and put it towards something else, that that to me says that you're actually trying to win this year. And that if the Mariners fell off at the deadline, uh, it will be just such a deep disappointment and an understandable one for fans who, you know, you never promised anything in sports, but they were, they were told that this was going to be the year where the Mariners take the leap forward and they have still yet to take that leap. So if they've got four million and change uh, right now, uh, the the name obviously a familiar name gets DFA'd yesterday, last night by the San Diego Padres. At forty three, does Nelson Cruz have anything left in the tank? I, I, you know, I've been doubting Nelson Cruz's ability to continue playing and playing at the level that he has until last year for a long time now, and he always proves me wrong. So. I think if Mike Ford weren't doing what he was doing, maybe there would be a match. I just don't know that there are bats for Nelson Cruz at this point. I mean, do you do you run a platoon out there with him as the right-handed DH? Do you give that a whirl? Maybe. I, I don't know that that hurts, but I'm not sure that he's going to necessarily be a reliable contributor down the stretch. And uh, rostering two DH-only guys is not something that's good for flexibility. Mm. Well, and then, and then the last uh, little piece of business here, and we discussed this, and and Matt was all against this. Don't even bring this up. But you know, this is the this is the world, big boy world that you live in, and and Logan Gilbert is an emerging star. He's shown you his ceiling is as good as you know just about anybody in, in baseball, especially with the secondary stuff growing here this season, Jeff. So, is if you were to put together a bat, a productive young bat, and you were to acquire a productive, young, controllable, difference-making bat, you've got to give up you know, a young, controllable, difference-making arm more than likely. Should Logan Gilbert or any of these other arms be on the table and in consideration this next month of the season before the trade deadline? No. Thank you, I Jeff. Think, <laughs> Thank you. I, I, here's the thing. I think that they could be. I think if the right deal were to come around, that potentially could be the case. But I just look at the Mariners and I see their path to relevancy through their arms. And I understand not not a lot of teams anymore ride starting pitching to the promised land. Like you can patchwork your way around a banged up rotation, but you tend to not be able to do that with offensive players. So I understand the hesitation uh, or I understand the desire rather for the Mariners to flip one of the pitchers because that's their strength, right? Mm -hmm. They have Logan Gilbert. They have George Kirby. They have Luis Castillo. They have Brian Wu. Like they have all of these arms that are really good and, Generally speaking, when you have a bunch of something and you're struggling in another area, you trade from strength to you know to patch over weakness. Um, if Bryce Miller weren't down right now, maybe that would be a little bit more palatable. But uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the clearest way the Mariners are going to get to the playoffs in 2023 is by outpitching everyone. And I don't think, and I don't think it's necessary right now 
to move one of those arms to try and maybe make this a playoff team in 2023. With a win today, be the longest winning streak of the season, obviously, you know that, Jeff, and and bring us back down to earth because it is 42 and 42. There is a lot of work to do. Do you, do you see teams jump over four, obviously, Red Sox, Angels? Angels are going to have their struggles now with a couple big injuries, but the Blue Jays, Yankees, what are the chances here at 42 and 42, even with us and Mike Salk out of town and the Mariners winning? <laughs> what are the chances you jump over this many teams this late? I mean, here's the thing. Right now, they have to jump over the Orioles, not happening. The Astros, not happening. Mm-hmm. And the Yankees, which is not going to be an easy thing to do. And then beyond that, the Blue Jays are uh, six, you know, six games in the sand. So three games ahead of them. The Angels still ahead of them. The Red Sox still ahead of them. Uh, you know, between the Yankees and the Blue Jays, that is a formidable duo. And the only thing that you can hope for is that the American League East is going to beat the crap out of itself. And that maybe the Mariners can back their way in. But it's not like the AL West is bad. I mean, they're in fourth place in the AL West right now. It's a good division. Texas might be the best team in the AL. Houston uh, has been playing great baseball lately. And, uh, you know, somehow they have patched their rotation together and look a lot like the world champions of last year. So, uh, you know, this is not going to be easy for the Mariners. I'm not saying that they can't do it. I just think at this point they've dug themselves such a big hole that getting out of it's going to be tough and they're going to need a streak, maybe not the same as last year, but you know, there's going to need to be a time when they win the 10 out of 12 games, 13 out of 16, something like that, where they really make a run here uh, soon. Because if they don't, then, you know, they're not going to have the incentive to go and make that big move at the deadline that they might otherwise. And that was just going to be my next question. Is this team, since you just brought up, I don't think they can win 12 in a row. They're not equipped. I don't believe so. But is this team equipped to do the 10 out of 12s and the 16 out of 20s? Does it does a team have the horses for that? I think it's got the pitching for that. Yeah, um, I, the offense needs to keep up. But yeah, I think when you have starting pitching like the Mariners do, um, yeah, especially if Bryce Miller is coming back, then the you know there there's a puncher's chance. The the problem is Bryce Miller is probably not going to be coming back for a while. So because of that, that, you know, digs them an even deeper hole than they're in already. Yeah. And you mentioned that pitching and we're not even mentioning Robbie Ray and Marco Gonzalez and, you know, the significant injuries they've had there and have still been so good. Okay. Uh, Mr. Passon, we did not do this last week. I think I was out the week before I texted you a few weeks ago, this personal question, but I think it's time we, we get back to business here with a, a little personal time with Passon. I'm sorry, Jeff. I'm just a fill-in guy, and I'm still sorry. <laughs> what? That was, that was Jeff singing. Nothing, nothing to apologize for. Uh, it's, uh, it's the so, the dulcet so tones of uh, 
a voice of a generation. <laughs> the baseball world is going to be descending on the beautiful Pacific Northwest this weekend. Stars, 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 Hall of Famers, big names, so many players through the years. And, and obviously, we love the Buners and the Griffies and the Harold Reynolds and all sorts of guys coming back uh, for the Mariners for the Futures game and otherwise. If Jeff Passan could play a week of Major League Baseball, if you, if you were a big leaguer for a week, and I said, Jeffrey, you could play past or present in any player's body. Let's take Otani off the table uh, because obviously presently what he's doing has never been seen since, you know, George Herman Ruth. Uh, so let's take him off the table. And you could be any other player past and present in their body to be a big leaguer for a week. Who would it be? So many good answers to this for so many reasons. And I know you took Otani off the table and I think I'd want to be Babe Ruth just to see what it's like to be the biggest star in America. And I, I don't like, I, I have this discussion with my 11 year old all the time. And he, he asked me, he's like, why don't you want to be famous? And I'm like, you know, fame comes with, perils and it's the sort of perils I have no desire for, but if I could do it for just a week <laughs> and know that at the end, like there was an out, I I'm, I'm genuinely curious what it's like uh, to have your life be in the hands of others, because that's what celebrities lives are like, right? You know, as much autonomy as they want, over a decision that they can make on a daily basis where they're going to be what they're going to do. It's always colored by the fact that if they go out in public, they're going to get mobbed. And so to sit there and be incredibly talented at what you do, to be fat and not care, to eat as many hot dogs as you possibly can, and uh, just to call yourself the babe, like that's pretty rad. So I'm going Babe Ruth. It's pretty good. It's a pretty good answer. Uh, every one of these Tuesdays, in this case Wednesdays, with passing during the baseball season is pretty rad as well. So, Jeffrey, thank you for the time. We can't wait. I'll uh, I'll chat with Mr. Uber and make sure we get everything lined up for next Tuesday. And uh, look forward to seeing you and the rest of the baseball world descending upon Seattle, man. Have a, have a great uh, rest of the week, and we'll see you next week. Well, I'll say this. I think all of the baseball world is really looking forward to coming to Seattle. Uh, those of us who have spent some time there know what a phenomenal city it is. And it's going to be uh, great, I think, for those who don't know uh, to see the, the beauty of Seattle in the summer and the beauty of that stadium, which is magnificent. Well, that is well said. We will cut and use that in our marketing. Thank you, Mr. Pass. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> See you, boys. Take care. There, there he goes. There goes the great uh, Jeff Passan right there. That last little bit uh, upon stardom, I saw your your face. You were around it, right? You watched the Seahawks blow into the biggest thing that this market has ever experienced. Nothing against the the 79 Sonics. Nothing against the Sounders champions, the Storm champions, the the national champions with the, with the Huskies in the 90s. But as far as star power, Matt, as far as just fame, we had not seen anything like what we experienced 12, 13, and 14 with the Seahawks. No, not at all. And the buildup probably was as fun as anything else. I mean, the buildup, you're drafting these guys and you're talking to Cam as just kids. Earl literally was a kid. Sherm, all these guys. And then all of a sudden, step by step by step, and all of a sudden, the pinnacle. There was nothing like it. I mean, there was nothing like it in the city. I My cousins kept having to tell me, you know, what – 
you know, the outside, and I hate to say inside, but I was next to him, and it, the buildup was the buildup was almost as fun. It wasn't yeah. as fun because that week in New York was the most fun, and, and oh. the 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 best professional week of my life was the week be, leading up to that Super Bowl. But still, yeah. the guys too, and the guys being around the guys, it, there was there was nothing like it. But when you said it, I was thinking all these names, and and he picked the best one. I mean, he knocked it out of the park, uh, literally with Babe Ruth. But to be the Legion of Doom. I mean, boom <laughs> and doom. Well, it was boom first, and then unfortunately, it was. I mean, you got me. You took me off guard there because I was yeah. thinking Babe Ruth, being Babe Ruth in the twenties and thirties in New York City. Yeah. I mean, he nailed it. Well, I think it also is a little window in, and we've talked a lot of Julio Rodriguez through eighty-four games, a lot, and need to see that celebration for him in that clubhouse yesterday. The joy with which he plays. I was watching the game with Titus yesterday, and early in the game, I think actually that second inning. He catches back-to-back fly balls, first at the wall, the second he runs in, and just the childlike joy that he plays with. And on the flip side, the perils that come with fame, that he can't leave a ballpark now, that he can't walk down the streets, that he can't go anywhere without being recognized and people starting to approach him and that flip side of it, right? I think the baseball field can be the respite. certainly was for Peyton Manning. Right when I was around him, and and wa- you know what, I'm not going to be late to break. Okay, the one thing I can control, as a blacksmith running the show, <laughs> is being on time to break. So I'm going to finish this conversation on the other side. Would we'll you? Res- well, yeah, I will, and we'll yeah. respond to a few things that Jeffrey had to say right there about the trade market and this team and why they're winning. We got just one last hour of power to go. He is Matt Stretch Johnson in for Salk, and you're listening to Brock and Salk on the exclusive home for All Star Week. That is right here, Seattle Sports and the Seattle Sports app.